Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. All homebrewers have a favorite commercial beer, but not everyone can make it. Welcome to the show that teaches you how, where you can challenge two masters, Jamil Zainashev and Tasty McDole. This is the Jamil Show. Can you brew it? Now here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Jamil Zanishev here. Can you brew it? With my uh, good buddy, Tasty McDowell. All present. <laughs> and we even got Justin pushing the buttons for us tonight. As best he can. <laughs> Which is sometimes adequate. That's all we need. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> you keep trying. And uh, someday, someday, it'll all work out. Ah, yeah. Good to be back in the studio. And, uh, you know, I moved. Moved to location, you know, bought bought the estate. Moved out to the estate uh, back about a month ago. Really? And, yeah, it takes forever to get settled in, all this. And then, uh, you know, I had to brew for the show and things like that. And, uh, you know, (laughs) here's the thing. You know, the... The place you brew is just about as important oh, yeah. as the equipment right. you're brewing with or the ingredients or, you know, yeah, any the, of that. Yeah, the direction you face when you brew is important. Exactly. You might as well lop off an arm. Exactly. You know, and... Right. You're starting over again. Yeah, exactly. Right. So totally jacked up. First off, I had to drag the heavy-ass 1550 <laughs> out onto the... Well, you uh, wanted it to be steel. Come on. Yard, yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then I realized I don't have any like sunscreen, any any shade cover. <laughs> oh, you know, no, I used yeah. to brew on a covered patio. Right, right. Now I'm out in the blazing frickin' sun on the you know on the uh, on the south end of the uh, the estate. Sure. So uh, you know, and and you know, just blazing down on me. Water, you know, I got to run like a quarter mile to turn on the water, turn off the water. I got to <laughs> run some water out there. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. and then the wind. The freaking wind. Oh, yeah. It was like a, a hurricane through there. It was like brewing on the coast or something. That really affects your beer a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I don't like brewing in the, the wind. The boil-off rate wind, wind is, you know, I'll brew in, uh, you know, a, a deluge. I mean, it could, yeah. be, it could be pouring freaking rain nonstop. Right. Doesn't bother me. It could be lightning going off. Doesn't bother me. You get a little wind up. Ah no, that's 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 just not going to work. It blows all that crap around, gets in your beer, well, then the affects flames. your boil off rate. Exactly. Yeah, your yeah, ma- the mash tun. It was so strong, it kept blowing out the uh, no, the, pilot. the burner, yeah. the pilot for the burner. Yeah, sure. for the automated burner. Oh, it was horrible. What was nice was I was able to get uh, my ingredients from our fine sponsor, Northern Brewer, northernbrewer.com. dot oh, com. Yeah. They actually have. Uh, uh, I won't spoil it for anybody, but uh, coming up in the show, we're. Uh, uh, some specialized ingredients that uh, I don't know anyone who sells it other than Northern Brewer. Wow, that's so, great. Uh, 
you know, you'll want to uh, make your way over to Northern Brewer, northernbrewer.com, and uh, when you when you order from them, uh, let them know that uh, you're you're appreciative of them supporting this program and the Brewing Network mm-hmm. and keeping us going for the last uh, three years, and uh, uh, you know it's all due to them and and you guys as well, and. Uh, you know, you know, support your your local brew shop, but I'll bet you there's something you can find at Northern Brewer that you can't get at your local brew shop, and make yeah. sure make sure you uh, support them because they certainly that. support us. Yes. Absolutely, great great people, great stuff. So, Justin, what uh, is our challenge today? All right, today's challenge comes from listener Lee Burkett, who uh, is a big fan. Of Flossmore Station's Pullmore Brown, uh, Pullman Brown. Flossmore Station is in Illinois, and uh, he really enjoys the beer. And uh, he's actually sad uh, the brewer's leaving, uh, Matt. He may be gone already uh, since the time we did this uh, interview. Um, he's going up to Oregon. I think he's going to Bend, if I remember right. He may say it in the interview when we play it today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyhow, big fan of the brewer and big fan of the brewery. Uh, but he really likes their uh, Pullman Brown Ale. So... Guys, Flossmore Station, Pullmore Brown, can you brew it? We can brew it, but you can't say Pullman, can you? You keep saying Pullmore. Pullmore, do I? Yeah. <laughs> Is it maybe what you're telling uh, Flossmore, Pullmore? Telling your friend late yeah. at night, Pullmore, Pullmore. <laughs> it'll it'll happen. Just Pullmore. Yeah, chat the producer down here <laughs> under the de- under the under my side Pullmore. of the broadcast desk. <laughs> Pullman Brown. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Lee was uh, kind enough to send out some bottles of the Pullman Brown so we could taste it, uh, analyze uh, some of it, and then uh, you know, use some to compare here uh, during the show. And uh, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna recommend that we clone a beer that we can't get out here, rest assured that we're gonna contact you and say, okay, well, you know, we decided to do it. Uh, you're going to need to send us uh, at least three bottles so we can uh, have some beer to analyze. Because part of the show is not just, oh, yeah, you know, we talked to the brewer and we came up with a recipe that, you know, sounds right. But rather, you know, we brew these <laughs> and we taste them blind side by side. <laughs> you know, the people tasting this do not know right. uh, which is which and try and decide whether that beer was cloned. So, uh uh, you know, we we absolutely need the beer. So so I've been getting a lot of requests from people that, uh, you know, somebody brewed something back in the 1850s, and <laughs> yeah. you know, well, you, get, you can give right. me a bottle, yeah. and we may actually you know tackle those at some point. Right. But uh, you know, it's going to be difficult to uh, really guarantee that we've cloned it. And and what we want to give you is a guaranteed recipe that will give you the 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 beer that we're talking about. Are very versus, very close. Yes. Yeah, you know, so. You're not going to, you know, brew something and it's, you know, just the same color. You know, this is this is this is the the recipe that'll get you to that beer. And uh, for this one, uh, this was my challenge, right? Yes. And uh, uh, first thing uh, we did was to talk to uh, uh, Matt Van Wyck at uh, at Flossmore, and he was very helpful. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take a short break, and when we come back, uh, you'll hear that interview with Matt. Back after this. Okay, so my double IPA has an ABV of 7.5 and a clarity of brilliant. So that's a plus 8. I pour it. Sorry. Looks like she found it unpalatable. Ha! Shut up, Doug. My creek gets a plus 10 versus girls because it's a fruit beer. You can't open the bottle and she walks over to the guy with the Pinot Grigio. This sucks. Ugh, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. 
What's this? Non-Alcoholics Anonymous? Dude, get out of here. We're in the middle of a brew session. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Have you ever been called upon to explain why it's named India Pale Ale? Do you burp Y Yeast 3522 and crap Cascade? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs. Ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the tongue splitter. I've got dry hops stuck in my braces. And the burp. And barrel porter. Now on tap in the Mos Eisley Cantina. Make tenth level at northernbrewer.com. White Labs, your source for maltose mowing monsters, announces the White Labs Platinum lineup for 2009. Looking for out-of-the-ordinary yeast to make the best beer possible? The Platinum strains from White Labs are only available for a limited time and make your homebrew stand out. Through February, find Australian Ale, Essex Ale, and Dusseldorf Alt Yeast. March and April, it's Nottingham Ale, Abbey 4, and Mexican Lager Yeast. And May through June, don't miss Premium Bitter Ale, Belgian Wit 2 and Belgian Bastogne Ale Yeast. Keep up with all the great yeasts in the White Labs Platinum Program at whitelabs.com, where you can also join the White Labs Customer Club. Brew with the freshest and most unique yeast with the White Labs 2009 Platinum Strains. White Labs, it's all in the vial. This Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. We're here with Matt Van Wyk, brewmaster at Flossmore Brewing in uh, Flossmore, Illinois. Hey, Matt, how, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I, I hear you're brewing today. Uh, yeah, pale ale? Trying, trying to get a beer in and uh, time it right and join you guys. Well, thanks for, for taking the time. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, how you got started in brewing? I, I read a little bit of your bio on the on the website, and it, it sounded kind of interesting. Sure, I um, I've been in the industry for about eight years, and um, I started back in 2001. And actually, a year before that, I had been a science teacher uh, in Naperville, Illinois. I was teaching eighth graders, and and then moved up to the high school, and basically had a little free time, and was starting at that point to kind of get into. Uh, craft beer and doing some touring of different pubs and then started home brewing and uh, a buddy of mine and I started making it quite a bit and when I had some free time in the summers I wandered into a brew pub like a lot of people do to get their start and just said hey cool I'd like to see how this works on a bigger scale Um, he enjoyed the free help I enjoyed the experience and took a little bit down the line but I decided I'd try this brewing thing for you know a year or two and, and then give back to my real job that I had two degrees in and see if I can um, uh, you know go back to the real life and that was eight years ago and I haven't turned back since and it's it's worked out kind of nicely for me so what's harder to deal with uh, eighth grade science students or uh, somebody who's had a little too much to drink at, at the bar I, I, I'll tell you what sometimes being a pub brewer is a little bit more difficult just because <laughs> of uh, yeah, the alcohol involved, and uh, but I'll tell you what, both eighth graders and uh, people that come into a brew pub often want to tell you how things should be, and so I'm well well versed in, in uh, dealing with those people. <laughs> and and you're uh, you, you you've taken a new job in Oregon, right? Yeah, yeah. In about um, I don't know five or six weeks after a little 
vacation I have planned to Belgium. I'm going to be driving out to Oregon with my family, my wife and two kids. I've taken the the brewmaster job at Oakshire, um, a two-year-old production brewery that's uh, growing like crazy out in Eugene, Oregon. Wow, that's that's uh, quite a change as well. And yeah. Uh, I, I see. Uh, there's a huge number of awards listed on the website for all the brown, uh, all the beers there at uh, Flossmoor. So, I imagine uh, uh, great things are going to come out of uh, Oakshire as well. Yeah, it's, we've been real fortunate here. Both uh, Todd Ashman, the brewer before me, and myself in in, in uh, making some good beers that have been awarded by our peers. And um, unfortunately, I got to prove myself a little bit out there because Oakshire is pretty new. But I'm I'm hoping I can bring. Uh, some of my expertise to their brewery, and, and uh, great things should come out of there. Well, and does your science background help you uh, with your brewing? You feel it, it uh, um, helps uh, with quality? Uh, yeah, I uh, think so. Um, my emphasis was biology and the biology and chemistry that I had. You know, a lot, I'll tell a lot of people I was a teacher and I have a science background, and so that sort of helped me uh, not only have an interest and a passion for brewing, but just helped me for the quality. And people kind of laugh and say, oh, yeah, you make beer. and that's not the home brewers. They understand the math and science behind it. But uh, it certainly helped me um, not only enjoy what I do, but I think do it well. And what about the the beers at Flossmore? What's what's your favorite uh, couple of beers there? I know you got quite a quite a lineup. Yeah, you know, we I, I'm fortunate that I get a lot of autonomy in the brew house and get to make what I want. We have we have about eight year round beers, seven maybe, and up to four seasonals and so we'll switch it around quite a bit and um i don't know that i have any specialties but we've been brewing a lot of ipas american ipas lately um because they've been becoming so much so popular Mm -hmm. that uh we're cranking out one a month there and then we also like to play around a lot with barrel aged beers we've been success successful at the illinois uh brewers guilds um festival of barrel aged beer they've been holding for about six years and uh, so we like to throw things in bourbon barrels and wine barrels and stuff like that and do some of that experimentation great and what about the pullman brown the the beer that uh, a number of our listeners wanted uh, us to try and clone right that's um uh a beer that's in our, our year-round lineup and uh it's um uh i would say some of the credit should go to the guy before me todd ashman because he took a basic nut brown and kind of turned it into a colonial style porter is what how we kind of describe it and we've been it's probably it is our most award-winning beer and we've kind of been looking around it might be the most award-winning beer in chicagoland um uh, through the gabf and world beer cup awards um we were fortunate enough in 2006 to get a gold at the world beer cup with that beer so um it's one we really like and if anyone likes dark beers porters stouts it, it really uh you know we call it a brown ale but it's much more of a porter and uh Real rich and, and dark. Yeah, quite a bit, uh, quite a bit of mouthfeel and uh, a chocolatey uh, character to it. And and I've heard that uh, there's some molasses in there as well. Yeah, that's the um, the, the two specialty ingredients we put in um, is molasses and, and toasted oats. And um, um, th- therefore, in in the competitions that we've been fortunate enough to win awards in, uh, it's been in a specialty category because it's got um, some other fermentables besides the normal malted barley. Uh, uh, what else can you tell us about the recipe? Can you share that with us? Yeah, no problem. Um, basically, it's a it's a beer of about uh, sixteen Play-Doh starting gravity, sixteen and a half, which is ten sixty five, ten sixty seven, and um, it uses quite a bit of uh, specialty malt. Uh, you mentioned the chocolate; it's got chocolate malt in it um 
uh, one ingredient that we, um, when I first started here uh, five and a half years ago, it was being made with hand-toasted oats, um, something that would be really easy for a home brewer to take care of in, in, a, in an oven. Um, but the brewers before me were laying them out on pizza sheets in the pizza oven, 75 pounds worth, wow. and uh, toasting them in, in the, the ovens. And we've since found a product called uh, uh, Golden Naked Oats, which is made by Simpson, and it gives a real nice uh, toasty sort of oat character to it. And I've actually doubled the amount that used to be in it oat-wise. So, and then there's a few other specialty malts uh, going on. I don't know if you wanted to know what those are or not. But, yeah, that'd um, be great. We use, uh, we use a little bit of Munich, and also we use some honey malt, which we get that from Gambrinus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use some red wheat. Um, a bit, the base malt I like to use is um, Simpson Golden Promise. We use a lot of that for some of our bigger ales and, and IPAs. Um, it's just got real good extract. That's a Simpson's. Mm-hmm in the UK, and uh, I just really like that as a base malt. Um, we use those golden naked oats, like I mentioned. Um, we use some caramel malt in the 30 to 37 range. And then there's another Simpson malt that it's called brown malt, but they've also referred to it in their catalog as coffee malt, so it's kind of a coffee brown malt. And then, as we mentioned, chocolate malt. So those are kind of the specialties. And I'll use some two-row in there, too, um, as well as the Golden Promise for the base malts. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the hopping schedule uh, we use uh, it's probably a beer of about twenty five to thirty IBUs. Definitely, this is a, a, a malt forward beer, um, but when it's fresh, you can kind of certainly taste some of those uh, the underlying hops. Um, uh, I use Northern Brewer uh, at the bittering, and I use Cascade at the end. Um, our house yeast is a um, uh, London Ale yeast three. And I know that can be picked up at Y Yeast. It's what we use for our house beers. And it's just a real good tasting uh, yeast that leaves a little more fermentable sugars than a, a Chico or some other American ale yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've, I've heard it came from Fuller's, but I'm not sure if that is exactly the brewery. But it is London Ale Yeast 3, and I know home brewers can certainly pick it up. Great. Um, oh. but what else can I tell you about the beer? Uh, what's, what's the finishing gravity on that? Oh, yeah. The finishing gravity is in the, um, uh, let's see, 4.5 to 6.5 Play-Doh, depending on what my, my yeast health is doing, which is in the 1017 to 1023. It's got quite a bit of body left over, um, and it's not because I mash high. I, I kind of do a lower um, uh, conversion temperature. I think it's just uh, a combination of, of all the um, specialty malts that are in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we... We use uh, four gallons of blackstrap molasses, uh, and we put that in a boil. And I've heard some people talk about some different adjuncts um, really messing with the, the yeast's ability to ferment well. And, and I, I think um, I certainly I, I certainly try to um, pitch a, a lot more yeast than usual, not only because it's a little higher-gravity beer, but those adjuncts, the molasses, are in there. So, And what's, what's your brew length? Um, the, the, the boil time, are you oh, talking? Oh. Uh, the, your, your size of your batches? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's, we have a 15 barrel system here. Okay. 465 gallons. I probably, we do 16 and a half barrels, uh, kettle full, which, um, that's what, five, a little over 500 gallons. Um, and then that yields us about 13 barrels somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, any uh, information on, on the, kind of your percentages on, on some of these specialty malts and uh, yeah, the ice creams? Yeah, I, I would say the, the base malt between the Golden Promise and, and Two Row, we're, we're looking at it like a 62, 62 to 64% of mm-hmm. that. Maybe four percent, four to five percent of of the wheat and the Munich. Actually, uh, all the rest of the malts that I listed there are around five percent um, usage, except for the Golden Naked Oats, which we do at ten percent. Although uh, half that, if it's uh, if you're hand toasting. Right. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. And and with that toasting thing too, if, if you know if you were doing that at home, you could certainly toast it to whatever level you wanted. If you really wanted to pull some more flavor out of there, and, and certainly not burn them, but you could toast them to a higher level, or you could throw them in as is too, and just mm-hmm. have it like an oatmeal brown sort of thing. Right. Yeah. When when you when you toast them, they uh, kind of get a, uh, a nutty uh, oatmeal cookie yeah. kind of aroma to them, and that that really comes through in the in the beer. Yep. Yep. For sure. Okay. And. Uh, yeah, for uh, you mentioned a low uh, mash temp. Uh, what do you convert at? Uh, I convert around one fifty to one fifty two. Okay. I found it e- even at a lower conversion temperature. I'm getting quite a high finishing gravity and, and leaving quite a bit of uh, unfermentables in there. So right. Well, you got quite a bit of uh, specialty malt. So I think yeah. uh, as you said, that's that's adding to uh, that body and that uh, yeah residual. And uh, Mike, did you have any other questions? Well, I, with the uh, with the dark malts, I was wondering about uh, pH issues. Do you make any adjustment to the to the water or to the mash? You know do what I I use, do use about um, anywhere from five hundred to seven hundred and fifty grams of calcium sulfate of gypsum. Um, uh, do you have a, that's, you want that is in parts per million? I mean, you know what I don't know exactly okay. what that is. Um, I probably add a little more than I than I need to because. Um, because of those dark malts, the pH is probably... We check the pH occasionally on yeah. our year-round beers. We don't need to all the time, but it does come out uh, where it needs to be in the mash and in the boil. Um, so some of that calcium sulfate that I'm adding is, is a little extra calcium for the yeast health and things like that. Okay. Um, but I definitely use gypsum in the uh, strike water. And, and uh, when you ferment, what, what uh, temperature are you fermenting at? Uh, most of our year-round beers, including this one, is at 69 Great. Any other questions, uh, Mike? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, have you ever uh, had any reason to substitute hops on this beer? Like, like is, yeah, instance- you know what? Occasionally we do. Um, uh, um, really, with the uh, with with the bittering hops, I, I usually do on this beer uh, an addition at boil, sixty minutes in, eighty minutes in, and whirlpool. Um, uh, but they're they're not real high additions because the malt is the star of the show in this beer. So I, I would just add for you know uh, the bitterness for the balance because because you do kind of have a high finishing gravity. Uh, you need to have enough in there, and it's not too important. You know, if you have just kind of sort of a neutral bittering yeah. hop, something that's not too aggressive. Right. And then I, I like to use Cascade at the end just because I, I feel this is far from a British style of beer. It's got a lot of uh, American in it, I guess. Uh, for no other reason than it's just got a lot of stuff and um, 
you know, it's 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 rich and a complicated beer, and so throwing in those cascades. But you could sub out Centennial if you wanted to, or Amarillo or something, gotcha. because you're going to use them at a little lower level and and not have a huge hoppy nose on it. And uh, overall, ninety minute boil. Yeah, I do a ninety minute boil. Okay. Great. Well, uh, Matt, uh, thank you for your time, and uh, we'll be brewing this up and uh, comparing it to some of yours and, and see how close we can get. I know that no uh, there's a lot of difference between uh, homebrew systems and, and uh, you know, the uh, uh, what, you're, what you're doing there, but uh, yeah. we appreciate all this help, and uh, good luck uh, relocating to Oregon. I, I think uh, it's a beautiful place, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it, and you'll make a, a name for yourself there as well. Well, I hope so. Thanks for having me, and uh, good luck making that beer. I'm sure you're going to be able to uh, hit it spot on. Great. With your help, I think we will. Good. Thanks Thanks a lot. Okay. I rolled a 15, and I get a plus two from my yeast starter. No, sorry. You failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way. You had to be at a 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks. I just failed versus oxidation. Our party is fracked. Doug's the only one left, and his beer is a Berliner Weiss. What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart Y-Yeast 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com Nico, listen our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour and after this we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and then to the next meeting kids. come on let's get out of here i'm supposed to have more lines i'm the professional <clears throat> hey it's sully and i'm nico and we opened the 21st amendment nine years ago at 563 second street in san francisco just two blocks from giants park to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Have you ever noticed the pathetic look on the face of the Brewcaster poster boy? That's the look of a child that survives on ramen noodles and homebrew. Subprime Meltdown doesn't even begin to describe what this kid has been through. He lives this grim existence for his army, the Brewing Network Army. Times are tough for everybody. It's like getting stuck in time two days before payday. Cash is tighter than a post-it IOU stuck in a stripper's sweaty G-string. The unicorn's horn is limp and the rainbow has lost its color. But you can help change all that. If you were to take that sparkling change in your pocket and plop it on the table for the BN instead of that extra pint at happy hour, then the world could be a brighter place. 
When you buy a round for the BN, you buy a round for yourself and your fellow soldiers, and that's what it's all about. That and being entered into the reoccurring donor monthly raffle. So step up and start your own economic stimulus package. For just a few bucks a month, you can stimulate the unicorn, the rainbow, and a brewcaster. Hit that donate button just like you'd hit on that crazy bitch at the bar right after last call. You'll be really happy about it in the morning. Now back to Can You Brew It? We're back. We're talking Flossmore Pullman Brown is our challenge. And uh, one I tackled. I'll tell you, the, the Flossmore Pullman Brown... It's won quite a few awards. Uh, the whole Flossmore Station Brewing Company, uh, they've won a, won a ton of awards. If you go go to their site, you'll see uh, a, a bunch of GABF awards yeah. and other awards for their beers. And, and Pullman Brown is, is quite awarded as well. And actually, uh, you know, Lee sent us out some uh, three bottles, and <clears throat> I was quite impressed. I actually uh, really liked it. One of the things that... Uh, I liked about this was I was able to go to northernbrewer.com and, uh, you know, those Simpsons uh, naked golden oats. <laughs> I've never heard of those. Yeah. And Northern Brewer has them. Wow. You know, out there. And there's a tiny little grain. Uh, I ground those, like, to a powder. I ran those. They're huskless, so I, I tightened oh. up my mill all the way. I ran those through to a powder. they got a real intense nuttiness to them. Nice. And, uh, you know, I wanted to stick as close to uh, Matt's uh, recipe as possible. And then I uh, opened the mill up and, and did the rest of them. Uh, so I got all my ingredients from uh, Northern Brewer, northernbrewer.com, just ordered online and uh, showed up uh, like a day or two later, and uh, I was all set. Um, and how did I do? What was the, what was the consensus? Let's let's start with uh, Tasty. Did I did I did I clone it or did I did I blow it? The on short this answer is you did clone this beer. Oh, okay. and you did a. It's really really close. Yeah, yeah. I got. I've still got some here in front of me, and uh, as it warms up, uh, its elements seem you know like more obvious, more uh, more detectable, and uh, yeah, it, it's very 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 close to the actual beer. So so cloned. It is cloned. Excellent. That's what I say. Nate, how about you? I say clone, but it has a little bit, little bit more of a uh, cleaner fermentation profile than the the original beer than the commercial beer. Oh, okay. Uh, the r- commercial beer had a little bit more esters coming through mm-hmm. and uh, a little bit richer of a malt profile, maybe a slightly higher finishing gravity. But I would say clone. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Uh, I got a story that goes along with that comment. How about you, Justin? Definitely cloned. Cloned. Well, I've excellent. sat there. To, uh, I, I mean, I was. <laughs> I was really trying to pick out things that I was tasting in each one, mm-hmm. and there are a couple of different things, but mm-hmm. I was working so hard that after about five minutes of just tasting them back and forth, I just said, it's obviously just so close, I can't figure out what's different. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really it's somebody that close. who knew Flossmore Pullman Brown really well yeah. handed you a, a, a pint of the homebrew. Yeah. Uh, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, Flossmore Pullman Brown, great, I love this beer. Yeah. Right. No, just really, it was surprisingly close, this clone. I'd say our closest, your closest yet. Great. I'm two for two, bitches. (laughs) Yeah, you are. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Which which makes Tasty one and one, right? 
Tasty's yeah, one and one. one, and one. Well, yeah. Yeah. Or, or, I have my excuses ready, but you don't want to go through those again. Tasty well, can take mine too. Or zero yeah, and one. And, I, I cried on the show, so yeah, I'm not going to yeah. cry here. Again. I think I think Nate's one for one, and Tasty is <laughs> he gets an assist. <laughs> That's true. Any more hoppy assist. beers? Send them my way. I have a good chance. Maybe the other stuff. I yeah, I think I think maybe yeah, change, change, in the, change in the lineup of the personnel <laughs> on the show. It is an assist that we should. We're going to have to put up a stats page. Yeah, yeah. See how everybody's doing. I don't know. It's like the McDowell abuse page. I was really. I uh, think I make a lot of money. <laughs> I'll stay there. Yeah. Really, very close. Well, you got to bring it strong in the next one, or not. I will say this: <laughs> or not. Tasty though, the his his failed uh, um, Firestone. Yeah, he's it's been. It's he's a damn been, fine beer. Yeah, he's been drinking the hell out of it. We it's went a, to uh, oh, yeah. to a we went to Linden Street Brewery, and uh, for, it was a private party, and there was a lot of beers there. Mm-hmm. Tasty drank his own beer all night long. He didn't even go to the other. I, I did something that I rarely do, which I said I would say to people: drink this beer I brought. It's really, really good. <laughs> yeah. I hardly ever say it. It's almost like I have this beer. You yeah. Can try it. And Adam, the uh, owner of Linden Street, yeah. said himself, "This is the best beer here." Yeah. And I have a hard yeah. time arguing with him on that. Mm-hmm. It was a fantastic beer, beer. but it wasn't. But it wasn't the yeah. double right. beer. Right. You know, so, it's, it's under oaked, but it's the oak in the background really makes a difference. Well, that's the thing. I, I don't think we're going to give you, uh, you know, no, bad bad directions on this show. Uh, you know, we're, right. we're going to anything that, that you get off the show is yeah. going to make a good beer. Yeah, make that beer. You're going to love it. But. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, you know, we're striving to get you an exact clone oh, yeah. of, of uh, whatever you've right. asked yeah. for. So we can give you recipes you know, all day. That's, that's the goal. So not necessarily a failure as a beer, but <laughs> it didn't match uh, right. the double barrel ale, which was which is our goal. And we will address that again. Yeah, we, that, yeah, we, yeah. There is not a beer that, beer will, be that will escape us. Right. We will Soon. keep working at every beer. Till you know, if we agree to clone it, we will work until we yeah. get that beer done. Yeah, we and, don't get a and, pass. And, and and they're tasted blind here on the show, and uh, you know nobody nobody knows which is which. And then uh, we we take a consensus and see if we've we've gotten uh, to clone that thing. So you know that what we're giving you is is an honest honest recipe that get you not not something that's that you might find somewhere that uh, is kind of half half. And get you something. Yeah, there's no point in that. Well, that yeah. I know, yeah. I, I, hate, I hate those recipes. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be uh, like, misinformation yeah. rather than information. Yeah. yeah, if you're not brewing it yourself and, and comparing it blind side by side, then how do you know whether you cloned it or not? Exactly. So right. this Pullman Brown is really good that you made. Uh, how do you how'd, what'd you put into it? Right. Well, uh, with Matt's help, uh, I just followed uh, essentially his instructions and, and good ingredients from northernbrewer.com. Uh, I went with uh, a starting gravity of 1067. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. So, I'm, so all I'm, of a sudden you can't do the starting gravity? I'm, What's well, I'm on the south end of the estate. <laughs> oh, you got the new you moved. That's right. I moved. You know, I got to run. I got to run. Like, Sounds like your place is way bigger than the a, other place. A quarter mile to uh, turn on the hose to get water. You know, to the brewery, and you know, I'm out in the blazing sun, and then it gets dark because this is back before the the time change. All right. <laughs> and, well, you know, and it gets pitch black outside, and I realize there's no lights out there. Uh-huh. I have no idea. It was like a moonless night. I have no idea what's going on in the brew kettle. The wind is howling. I, you know, the, the, the property's set up so that, like, the wind travels up the valley and just, like, you know, obliterates that, that, that end. 
and uh, kept blowing out the, the burner. That <laughs> it's was your dark. Only every, time, every time I would leave, I'd come back and the burner wasn't burning. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, reaching like Helen Keller in the in the in the kettle. You well, know, good thing it wasn't boiling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's boiling. <laughs> so I had no idea. You know, the timer would go off, and I'm like, okay, I might as well throw the hops in. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, so I came up, instead of 10.67, I came up about 10.57. Wow. About 10 points short. I did short. not sense, sense that difference in these beers. Well, that's one of the things I think is very important to learn is that, uh, you know, the starting gravity, you know, if you're off by a couple of points, don't worry about it. That's not a big deal. And you know, a lot of commercial brewers don't even care about that, I think. You know, they blend and all that. But you don't even need to blend. As long as your yeah. fermentation goes well, uh, that's I, the think, beer's I think right you're there, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I think if I had gone up to uh, 1067 instead of 1057, that uh, we might have gotten a little more alcohol. We would have gotten a little little more esters, and maybe that would have been the difference right there. So uh, 1067, you're starting gravity. You're shooting for uh, an SRM about 31 using Mori uh, uh, formula, and IBUs 29.1 using Rager. 90-minute uh, boil. Uh Four and a half pounds, and I'm sorry for my uh, my friends around the world. I don't have metric equivalents on this um, of uh, domestic uh, American two row. Four and a half pounds of a British pale ale malt. I used uh, Chris Marisotter, and then uh, three quarter pound of a brown malt, a British brown. A three quarter pound of Crystal, uh, not Crystal Forty, but uh, the Simpsons uh, Caramel, the, oh. the Thirty Seven Love. I uh, got it from Northern Brewer. They have that too. Oh yeah. Wow. They got all the Simpsons malt. Cool. Uh, a pound and a half of the Golden Naked Oats, which I also got from Northern Brewer. Uh, three-quarter pound honey malt. Three-quarter pound Munich, light Munich. Uh, three, uh, let's see, three-quarter pound of uh, wheat malt. And three-quarter pound of a Simpsons chocolate. Get all that stuff at northernbrewer.com. Uh, the molasses uh, is a black strap molasses. And uh, I asked Matt about his uh, the size of his brewery, yeah. and uh, you know they use four gallons. Four gallons I yeah. calculate all that out for a six gallon batch. It's about seven point two fluid ounces of blackstrap molasses. Yeah. So I use a cup, eight ounces of uh, blackstrap, hmm. and I think you could actually go a little bit more. No, that goes and, in the uh, boil. Is that at the end of the boil? Or? Yeah, what I did was wait. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, instead of tossing in early, and there's a lot of aromatics in that blackstrap molasses. Right. A real intense flavored uh, product. That's why you're I it, tossed right. that in uh, last couple of, minutes, couple of minutes. You know, just before I turned off the flame, I, I poured that in, gave it a good stir so it didn't burn on the bottom of the kettle, mm-hmm. and then uh, once it was mixed in well, I turned off the flame and and I was done. And uh, that retains more of the the aromatics. You could probably even add that in. You know, if you're using like a whirlpool chiller, you can oh. you know fire that in after you've uh and maybe get a little more aromatics i got the sense from matt that they dump that in pretty early and just let it go but uh you know even though i calculated the amount i, I might say go 12 ounces um i, I kind of detect a little bit more of that molasses character in uh the pullman than i did in the home okay. example but that might be going a little too much so maybe 10 ounces I, hard to say but i think you know real close yeah so uh, maybe what I calculated is fine. Um, a half ounce or 14 grams of Northern Brewer hops, um, uh, 9% alpha acid pellets at 75 minutes. Uh, a half ounce or 14 grams of Northern Brewer, 9% alpha acid at uh, 30 minutes. 
a half ounce of Cascade or 14 grams at uh, 10 minutes, and half ounce Cascade, 14 grams. Again, these are pellet hops, uh, 5.75 uh, alpha at zero minutes. And, uh, you know, Matt was saying uh, how they, they use some uh, late uh, Cascade and all that. Right. And I, I thought the hop character, you know, you kind of get that, you know, it's 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 a, a delicate background note, but one of the things I first noticed when I tasted the, the first bottle of the Pullman was kind of almost a almost seemed like a sourness, and I realized it was kind of like a cascade hop uh, very subtly in the background. Hmm. The yeast I used in this case was a Y-yeast uh, 1318 London Ale 3, which I also bought from uh, Northern Brewer. Uh, and uh, mash temp is uh, 150 is what I used, which is... Um, which is about uh, 66 oh, degrees C. Sorry. And uh, uh, the fermentation uh, I did uh, very similar to uh, what uh, Nate did for the uh, Green Flash, which was uh, starting, starting out low. at uh, 68 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 degrees C, and then I upped it to about uh, 72 or 22 degrees C uh, over, over the course of, of time. So I started out lower. Let that initial ferment kind of go and develop, and then uh, let the yeast develop, and then uh, upped it to kind of finish out, removing any diacetyl, yeah. attenuating better. Now, you said over a course of time. Now, uh, you're talking about the total time being about two weeks? Total time actually this was, uh, beer, yeah, 10 days. was maybe a week. Okay. And oh. then, uh, then you're out of the, you're, out, you're done fermenting then. Right, right. Yeah, it was done in the fermenting. In, okay, in, all right. It was probably done, looked done fermenting in about five days. Okay, so. And then uh, uh, I let it sit an extra couple of days, uh, and then uh, I jammed it in the keg at high pressure, shook the daylights out of it, uh, tried to get the carbonation in there so I could bring it in for the show. Wow, doesn't show any signs of that uh, stress. That's really good. So it's, you said it went 68 to 72. Do you do that like a... Is it like fifty percent of the ferment at sixty eight, and then you let it go, or do you just start letting it free ride? Uh, you know, it was cool enough in my my garage, my nine car garage, to oh, uh, that's right. to uh, you got the big place now. Yeah, yeah, yeah to uh, to uh, long garden hoses and lots of cars. That's right, uh-huh. right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I got more room for my brewing stuff. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah. You should have an indoor Sweet. brewery now. Well, see, and that's what uh, Nick Burton was saying. He's like, yeah. "Oh, you got to brew in the garage." I'm like, "No, no, no, no." I don't know all the steam and all that condensing on the drywall and all that. Uh, I don't know. All right. I've, I've brewed indoors Change it from before. drywall to like something you could just hose down. I got the the real nice epoxy floor. But, you know, I've got the, I, I, had, I had them pour like a, uh, you know, a giant-ass slab of concrete on the south end. And, oh, for, uh, sort of just for this. Yeah, for, for brewing and barbecuing and stuff like that. So should have had them put a water line under that. Didn't you? I should have. I, I realized <laughs> that later. Um, and, uh, so, uh, anyways, uh, uh, you know, it's cool enough in there that if I didn't put a heater on it, um, it would have probably settled in around 65 or 62 or something like that. Okay. So you had to keep it up there. So yeah, I put a, a firm wrap on there. There you go. And, uh. Then you just dialed in the temperatures. Yeah, dialed that. in to 68. Okay. And, uh, let it go 68 for probably the first three days or so. Okay, that's what I was And then I, uh, bumped it up to, uh, you know, 69 for a day, 70 a for a day. A little more aggressive at the end. Yeah, yeah. And towards the end I was at 72. Gotcha. Trying to keep it going. Yeah. Uh, I did a little bit of swirling. Oh, and you know, the interesting thing is, uh, so I broke my rules. 
My rules are you only change one thing at a time, right? In a uh, you process? You're brewing. In a oh, process, in process yeah, yeah. you know, ingredient, right. anything. Right, right. You, don't, you don't change multiple times. Right. You change, you know, one thing, see what the results are, yeah. and then you can decide what effect it had. So you only want to do one thing. Well, you know, I moved to this new location. <laughs> the water is slightly different. You were different. starting over anyway. So you know, <laughs> yeah, everything was, you know, just totally jacked up. But I had to get this beer done for the show. Uh, but uh, one of the things, uh, uh, Brian, uh, I can't think of his last name now, he, he sent me uh, some of the Better Bottles. Uh, he's down in Australia. He sent, he's, mm-hmm. he's a Better Bottle distributor. He sent me right. a bunch of the six-gallon Better Bottle uh, fermenters, those uh, polycarbonate yeah, uh, fermenters. Sure. All right. I'd never tried them before. And so, you know, I'm setting my ways with the carboys. I don't want to change. You know, you change one thing, it totally jacks you up. Sure. So I never used it before. So I used that uh, for brewing this Poland okay. Brown. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty good. I I was actually very pleased about certain aspects of the, of the uh, better bottle. Yeah. You know, there's a, a few things I, I still don't like. The biggest but, uh, problem I had was the fact that when you squeeze it a little bit, it, it blows the air, right. airlock a Right, right, bit. yeah, yeah, And it yeah. was sucking back, and right. I, I, I yeah. wasn't used to that, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first time I picked up, it was like... I mean, yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah, you know? exactly. So What's I had to adjust to that, and once I figured it right. out, yeah. Yeah, if you pick it up from the top yeah. and you know, support it from exactly. the bottom... No, it's going to do that. Yeah, yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't do anything. But right. if you just, like, give it a bear hug like you would with a glass car boy, yeah, it's like a squirt bottle. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's much lighter you don't have to worry about you know dropping it shattering you know chopping your foot off stuff exactly. like that oh, yeah. so i really like that right. i really liked uh you know i was using um you know uh, uh carboy stands with glass carboys oh. to drain them after i fill them up all the way with uh you know iota four sure. uh, turn them over and let them drain on that well with the better bottle i also need a bucket of iota four for for my pieces and parts my airlock hose stuff like that right, right. with this I'd upend that into the bucket, and the iota four drains in there, and I got the sanitation that, and then the empty better bottle sits on top of the bucket, opening down, so it it keeps that sealed uh, with iota four, and then it also blocks, you know, airborne crud from landing into the bucket. Right. So I really like that. Felt good about that. Really like that. I really like that. Uh, A couple of problems I saw were. You can't, you know. I like to harvest and repitch my yeast. Well, you can't flame the opening on a better. <laughs> oh, I'm used to, you know, taking one of those creme brulee torches yeah. and you know just totally toasting the opening on the carboy. Well, right. I can't do that on polycarbonate, so I had to use just alcohol on that. Okay. And uh, uh, you know, I really liked that I could put, uh, uh, you know, just hot water straight into that thing, yeah. hot water and PBW, which I wouldn't never do with a carboy. So I just I just used uh, the hottest water out of my faucet, about 130 degrees Fahrenheit. Put that in. That that worked well. Uh, The weird thing about those is they don't dry out very quickly. Oh yeah, right. It's like four days, and it's still got water drops inside. I thought that was very strange. I don't know what that is. I guess it doesn't transfer any temperature from the outside or something. Yeah, it's better insulator. Yeah, something or not? Yeah, or maybe I don't know why it would be like that. Never, I never sensed that with glass. Right. Right, right. They, they they dry pretty quick. Right. So I thought that was odd. And then uh, what else did I have on it? Um, oh, you know, six gallons instead of six and a half. Oh. So, uh, you know, less head space. Right. But, I, you know, to compensate for it, they get that punt in the bottom. Like yeah. the bottle of a, yeah. bottom of a champagne bottle. It, gives, it makes it rigid, right? Right. And you know, when it stands up, so when you're racking, 
Um, it's easier to rack more liquid out of the uh, well, container. Got, yeah, I know what you mean because it's got the right because of the the raised side centering. channels. Right, right, and you know the 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 beer focuses into those. You know, and you can without sucking yeast, yeah. you can actually get more of the beer out of the container. So I was actually kind of pleased with that. Overall, I, I'm still kind of up in the air on it, mm-hmm. but uh, so I was so actually good. I was actually pretty impressed. Cool. I, you know, I hadn't tried them before, and uh, I think I'll I think I'll try some more, and you know. I give my final analysis and opinion uh, maybe It'll be forthcoming many months days. from now. Who knows? <laughs> but I, yeah, I, you, know, you won't I, be breaking your, uh, you won't be cutting yourself anyway. Well, you know, I'd never dropped a carboy. Never. All the batches I brewed, I'd never had a problem with a carboy. I broke one I by broke dropping a, a metal piece on it. And oh, that was it. like that? Yeah. Other than that, I've never had a problem. You know, hold on to the things. The glass. Your hands are wet. Be careful. Yeah, that's what happens. You know? is people forget that their hands right. are soapy. And uh, yeah, yeah, you, you got to be careful. With the you know lugging lugging those uh, suckers around. But uh, yeah, I, I was I was uh, pretty pleased. I didn't uh, didn't really see a, a problem with that. Well, the beer turned out great. Yeah, and uh, so I I I came <laughs> ten points short. It attenuated out actually more than uh, you know the target for. Uh, the Flossmore Pullman Brown, which well, you was, started uh, a bit lower, but that that's right. You made you know basically the same alcohol beer. I'm thinking right. So the uh, attenuation on the Flossmore was four and a half to uh, six and a half Play-Doh, and uh, you know I don't think I hit floor. I think I was below four Play-Doh mm-hmm. on the attenuation, but it still seemed like it had as much yep. uh, body. Yeah, I got that. I thought it was pretty similar. So uh, you know that's probably one of the the, the Things you know to worry about least, as far as uh, you know, brewing a bring a beer is uh, you know that gravity range. You can be off by a few points, not going to kill you, especially on lower uh, hop beers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sure, sure. Well, it depends why your attenuation is is well, you know, attenuation is different. Um, you know, if you're attenu- not attenuating enough and the beer ends up sweet, you're kind of screwed. If uh, you, know, you had a lot of long chain dextrins, which aren't sweet, um, uh, that build more body and mouthfeel, then that's actually okay. fine. That's that's not going to be as big a deal. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, and uh, I also screwed up on the the amount of mash water, almost double what I normally do. <laughs> this is interesting. It's just like <laughs> it confessions so, from Jimmy. Totally jacked up because I, you know. So busy, and I'm like, okay, well, I got I got to brew this damn thing, or it's not going to be done. So, you know, I print out the the recipe, uh, you know, run down there, start brewing. It's a half a mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I jump in the <laughs> golf cart, you golf know, <laughs> charge the battery up halfway there, and uh, it's not like the small place. <laughs> well, and I went, you know, so I'm thinking, oh, I'll, I'll clean up the uh, the west the the, the west acreage. <laughs> You know, because there's a lot of weeds growing. You know, previous people didn't really, uh, you know, take that good care of it. A lot of weeds. You know, like thigh high. How could the place is so damn big? Well, exactly. So I'm thinking, oh well, you know, I could hire somebody. You know, one one of my uh, my um, brethren that is non U.S. employable. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) To bring him over and you know have him help me out on this, and uh, and uh, and none of them wanted to do it. So I'm thinking, oh, what the hell? You know, what's what's the big deal? I got five gallons of Moose Drill Clone. 
I, I can knock this out. You know, have a couple of pints, yeah. fire up the old, uh, you know, uh, lawnmower. <laughs> and, you know, the, the weeds are so tall. I'm like pointing the thing up in the air and lowering oh, it down, yeah. trying to, you know, grind them down piece by piece. It took me three hours to clear <laughs> to clear a patch. I need one of those DR weed whacker oh, brush yeah. killer things. Something heavy duty, right? Yeah, right. Like, like a helicopter turned upside down. Right. And one of them, them things. And, uh, yeah, it took me three hours of, uh, of uh, back-breaking work. And, you know, I know I said you can drink Moose Drool, 4th of July, you know, any time of the year. It's great beer. But it's really not a lawnmower beer. It really is. <laughs> if you're, you know. Yeah. And it would have been fine for the first hour, maybe hour and a half. On a short job, it's okay. On the three-hour job, <laughs> blazing sun, you know. It's too heavy. It was a little too much, a little too much. It, yeah. it wasn't quite achieving the effect at, at three hours yeah. and uh yeah i suffered a little heat stroke <laughs> uh, but, but so after this oh. i'm trying to i'm brewing this thing and uh and so i, I just didn't notice that i instead of my usual 1.3 quarts per pound i was using 2.25 quarts per pound it's loose <laughs> you know, i'm filling the uh, mash tun up i'm going well that's a lot of water what do you think the difference is in that, even just in that, in that ratio? Dawn on me. When does uh, it make a difference? I, I think it makes well, a difference on the other end if you're only putting like one quart per pound or something. Well, it makes a difference in that, uh, and I think uh, Palmer and I did a show on uh, on the mash. Uh, I can't remember on attenuation or, or what it was. Uh-huh. Uh, Justin's having his way with the dog, and uh, we, uh, you know, he, he covered what the. Uh, I think the um, effect was of, of mash thickness. So, oh. essentially, the the thicker the mash, the more the you know the enzymes are closer to the starches, and you get uh, you know the conversion there, the higher temperatures as well. Um, you know, the thinner the mash, um, uh, the more uh, it favors a more a uh, attenuative uh, wort. And the thicker the mash, the less attenuated. Okay. So it would have helped with attenuation, which actually turned out to be a good thing. Um, and but you know the effect is actually pretty minor. Really. So. So it, should it, I take that into account? Idea. For instance, if I have a thick mash, which is usually when I'm like mashing more grain than I can probably handle mm-hmm, with my mm-hmm. mash done, should I mash at a lower temperature to, yeah, to might, worry about attenuation? You might drop a one degree one, for, uh, Fahrenheit or, or half a degree C. Okay. You know that, that's a probably it, and it. That's probably all that really matters. It's a it's a very minor effect. It's not that big of an effect. Yeah, okay, cool. you, you can double your amount of water, and it's like, eh, it's it's a minor. But how it, about it efficiency? You will, how about efficiency? Wise? It'll change efficiency, and you know that's you know probably part of the problem I had, and part of the problem was I had so much freaking water. <laughs> You know, at oh, the end of the mash, I didn't even need the spark. <laughs> you know, it was like double the amount of water. Uh, yeah. I was like, ah. you know, and I realized that once I had the grain in there, I'm like, you know, all those grains sank to the bottom, and I got like, you know, 12 like, yeah, inches of water of over the water. top. <laughs> I'm like, dang. And then I looked at the recipe and like uh, my printout from ProMash, I'm like, uh, yeah, I see where I screwed up. And you can see where I circled it. Yeah. Here, whoops! <laughs> I only go, whoops. Okay, I screwed that one up. Yeah. Uh, it turned out, turned out all right. I mean, there's certain things very, that's for, a, yeah, very forgiving. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. You know, the amount of water. Right. You know, that's probably more forgiving than uh, you know your too starting gravity. Or something, yeah, <laughs> yeah too, you know, too many hops. You right. know, if you put in double the amount of you know yeah. chocolate malt or something like that, yeah. a showstopper. <laughs> all that stuff is is really really going to have a major effect. Right. All right.
So I think we've uh, cloned another one, eh? I think we have. This beer is uh, really close. I keep trying Absolutely. it over and over again. And, uh, yeah. Sweet. Well, and uh, you know, if you get a chance, uh, go to uh, our great sponsor, northernbrewer.com. You can pick up uh, the ingredients for this fine beer, and uh, I urge you all to brew it. You may not have uh, heard of it all around the world, but uh, yeah. it's, it's a great beer. I really enjoy it, and I think it's... Uh, uh, a good a good uh, success here, and I am glad Lee uh, encouraged us to brew it. I'm glad Matt uh, gave us all the, the lowdown on yeah, how to do it. Cause it's very this, helpful. This, I had this one in my arsenal. If you get a chance, go to the Brewing Network store, pick up a, a Brew Strong shirt, and I'm sure someday we'll have Canyon Brew It shirts, too. Big picture of Tasty on the, on the front, I think. His smiling face. All right. Better put that on the back. <laughs> Way low on the back. Way low, yeah. Bruce Strong. Later.